Hello and welcome to Call Me When You Get There, a podcast where I talk about true crime, dating stories, and a bunch of other stuff. If it's your first time listening, then welcome. If it's not your first time, then welcome back. It's been about a month since my last episode. I tried recording some stuff and things got deleted. I ended up getting sick several times. I had some family emergencies going on. Things ended up just getting pretty crazy and hectic with life, but um, I'm here now. I'm really going to try to upload at least once a week, but you know, things happen, life happens, so you know, it's just how it is. I hope you're having a great day or night, whatever time you're listening to this. Like I've said in my previous episodes, I'm still trying to figure out everything I want this podcast to be, so I'm probably going to experiment with like some different subjects and things like that here and there. If you have any ideas of things that you would want to see on the pod- or not see here on the podcast, you can always send those recommendations into call me when you get there podcast at gmail.com or you can follow the Instagram at call me when you get there dot pod. I won't do too much talking today. Um, if you guys want to know a little bit more about me, you can always let me know and I guess I can do like a little more of an introduction in one of the next episodes, I guess. Um, but anyways, let's just get on into the episode. So as you could tell by the title, today's episode is Dark Fairy Tales. I thought that this would be super fun. Um, growing up, I loved fairy tales and, you know, all of the magical kind of things. But as you get older, you find out that they weren't always, you know, what they seemed to be. And that Walt Disney would kind of take those stories and make them happier for kids to see and hear. So I'm going to be telling you the original stories of some of these popular fairy tales. I am going to be trying something a little different for today's episode. It's going to be kind of more of a storytelling episode. So if it's something you think is kind of cool, you can let me know. If it's something you're like, nah, not a huge fan, please let me know. I want feedback. I want advice because I want to make this something that you guys like as well. I reviewed a bunch of fairy tales and I picked out mostly the classics, so you guys should be familiar for the most part with these. But anyways, let's let's dive right in. Alright, so I think I'm just gonna start with the first classic fairy tale that, you know, Disney started with anyways, which is Snow White. Now, most of these fairy tales are pretty dark because the Grimm brothers wrote them. Um, If you're not kind of familiar with the Grimm brothers, they wrote fairy tales very early on. I believe it was the 1800s, like early 1800s, they would write all these dark fairy tales. And it was these fairy tales that um, then later on evolved to what we know as Snow White, Sleeping Beauty, um, all these like fairy tale princesses that you see at like Disney World and like on the Disney movies and everything like that nowadays. Now, this one's a little bit more of just a general summary. Um... The original of this one was pretty long, so I just decided to have more of a summary. Now, you will find different versions of all of these stories, but these are the ones that I kind of found that were the most similar to other ones, so. Snow White begins as the queen contemplates the winter snow while snowing, snowing, (laughs) while sewing at the castle window. She accidentally sticks her finger with a needle and three drops of blood spill into the snow. The sight causes the queen to wish that she had a daughter with black hair blood-red lips, and skin the color of snow. Her wish magically comes true, but she dies just after naming her daughter Snow White. When Snow White is won, the king remarries to a beautiful but evil woman. Classic. The new queen owns a magic mirror possessed by a spirit that affirms her vanities and counsels her. Each morning, she asks the mirror, 
who is the fairest one of all, and tells her that it is that it is she. However, once Snow White grows up, the mirror recognizes her as the fairest one of all, enraging the queen. As her jealousy festers, the queen comes to despise Snow White. She commissions a hunter to bring Snow White into the woods to execute her, demanding that he return with her heart as proof. She intends to eat Snow White's heart to gain the power of immortality. That's not something you see in the, in the one today. Once in the forest, Snow White begs for her life, swearing to flee the kingdom and act dead. The sympathetic huntsman lets her go and brings the queen the heart of a wild animal. Snow White wanders deeper into the forest and finds a small cottage that is home to the seven dwarfs. Seeing that they are away, she dines on their food and falls asleep on a bed. The dwarves come back to a home in disarray and panic, assuming they have been burgled. They enter the bedroom upstairs and find Snow White, who explains her situation. They strike a deal which Snow White can live with them in exchange for housekeeping work. They also warn her to refuse strangers who arrive at the door. The evil queen returns to her mirror and asks her vain quarry. She is shocked when the mirror <laughs> she is shocked when the mirror answered that Snow White is the fairest, realizing the huntsman fooled her. She tracks down Snow White at the Seven Dwarfs' cottage, arriving disguised as an elderly seller of wares. She gives her a bodice secured with laces and offers to help her fit it. The queen pulls the drawstrings so tightly they asphyxiate Snow White, who faints. Luckily, the dwarfs return home and loosen the ties in time to save her. That must have been, they must have gone there pretty quickly. The queen returns to the cottage pretending to be a comb salesman. She gives her a beautiful comb laced with poison, again causing Snow White to faint. The dwarves return and remove the comb in time for Snow White to recover. The queen makes a final attempt to kill Snow White by returning to the cottage dressed as a pauper. She offers Snow White an apple laced with poison. This time, Snow White hesitates to accept the gift, but the queen calms her fears by eating half the apple that was not poisoned. A while later, a handsome prince notices Snow White's coffin while out hunting. The dwarves tell him her story and permit him to move her body to a grave. On the way, one of the coffin bearers stumbles, causing the bite of poisoned apple to fall out of her mouth. Snow White immediately wakes up. Delighted to see that Snow White is alive, the prince professes his love to her. He proposes, and she agrees to marry him. <laughs> okay. They invite everyone in the land to their wedding, including the queen. Still under the impression that Snow White is dead, the queen asks her mirror who is the fairest one of all. It answers cryptically, the prince's bride, causing the queen to investigate. The queen attends the wedding and sees that the bride is Snow White. Just before she tries to sabotage the wedding, the prince realizes that she is the villain who poisoned Snow White and declares her an enemy of the kingdom. He tortures her by forcing her to dance in iron slippers that have been heated in the fire. She dies at the wedding, which then happily continues without her. <laughs> the end. Snow White's always been a super crazy and wild story, even without all this. I mean, she's a 14-year-old girl that gets married, obviously. Things were way different back then. In those times, people got married very, very young. It was just kind of tradition back then. But being dead <laughs> and just waking up and being like, oh, there's this guy that just professed his love for me that I don't know and he asked me to marry him. So sure, I guess, because, you know, I'm a 14-year-old girl and, you know, this is probably it for me in life. There's probably nothing else that's going to happen. So I might as well. I guess I'm probably going to have to do this in order to, you know, live. And there's also other versions of this story that I read, and in a lot of these fairy tales, the princes are horrible people. Like, in almost every single one that I read, where the princess is under a deep sleep or something, 
in case there are any children listening to this for any reason because it's a fairy tale episode, don't listen to this next part for like a few seconds. Um, but the prince assaults the princess while she's sleeping. Just like in Sleeping Beauty, I'm, I'm not going to be going over Sleeping Beauty today. In Sleeping Beauty, for example, before he wakes her up, he impregnates her. The, the princes are literal, like, they're rapists. And cr- they're just, mm. You know, I'm probably going to stop using the phrase, I want to find my prince charming. <laughs> okay, next story. So we're going to do more classics. I'm going to go on to another classic. This one is going to be Beauty and the Beast. So this one is probably the most similar to the one that we have today. Um, it's just a little different in a few in a few parts. Um, but let's let's get into it. Alrighty. So in this telling, um, Belle has two sisters, and she's the youngest of this. So her older sisters are far prouder than she is, and let it be known that they will only marry an earl or like a duke. When their father loses his fortune, the two older sisters find it difficult to adjust to a life of poverty. But the loyal and modest Beauty, which is Belle, but she's just called Beauty in this, um, sets about finding ways to help out her father around the house. After a year of this, their merchant father receives a letter telling him that a ship containing some of his property has arrived in port, so he sets off to meet it. He asks his daughters what gifts they would like him to bring him back for them. The two eldest daughters ask for expensive gowns and jewels, but Beauty requests a simple rose. Their father sets off, but after the legal hearing concerning the ship's property, he leaves with nothing and begins a despondent journey home. On his way, he gets lost in the woods and comes upon a house where he takes refuge. This great house appears to be empty and the merchant falls asleep in it and wakes up to find a breakfast that has been prepared for him. That's nice. Good hostess. Going out into the garden, he remembers his promise to Beauty, and so plucks a single rose from the bush, at which point a fearsome beast appears, declaring that he is the owner of the house and that the merchant has insulted his hospitality by stealing a rose like this. The beast says he will kill the merchant. Okay, not not a very nice hostess anymore. But the merchant begs for his life, and the beast says he will allow the merchant to live as long as he returns home and brings back one of his daughters to be killed in, in his stead. Failing that... In three months' time, the merchant must return and face his fate. The merchant, seizing the opportunity to see his daughters again, agrees, and the beasts give him a bag of full coins to be on his way home. Dang. (laughs) This beast is like, nice guy, bad guy, nice guy, bad guy. When he arrives home, the merchant keeps the money a secret, but tells his children about his promise to the beast. When Beauty hears about it, she says she will follow her father back to the beast's palace, since she won't allow him to be killed for her because it was he who plucked the rose for beauty, but the beast sentenced him to death. At the palace, the beast sees that both beauty and her father have arrived, and so he dismisses the father, who reluctantly and despondently returns home, convinced that the beast will eat up his daughter at the palace. But the beast treats beauty well, who in turn is kind to the beast. She admits that she finds him physically ugly, but she sees that he has a good heart underneath. He asks her to marry him, and she says no. Not content with this, the beast continues to ask Beauty every night if she will marry him, but each night she says no. No means no, guys. No means no. Okay, no means no. Beauty, learning that her older sisters have married and her father is all alone at home, asks the beast if she might go on a visit him. The beast agrees, since he cannot bear to see Beauty unhappy. 
but as long as she agrees to return after a week. Beauty agrees to this, but when she is at home with her father, her sisters, jealous of their sister, who has been given the finest clothes by the beast, while they have married horrible husbands, return home and conspire to use emotional blackmail to make Beauty stay away from the beast for longer than a week. Dang. Evil stepsisters in every story. They hope that by doing so, the beast will be enraged and will come and devour Beauty. But after she has been home for ten nights, Beauty grows ill at ease. Why did she refuse to marry Beast just because he's ugly? He is kind and caring and worships her, and wants to make her happy. But also, he's kind of demanding. You know, you said no, and he kept pushing, so... Red flag. She would be happier with him than her sisters, and with their selfish and cruel husbands. So she resolves to return to the palace. Don't settle. You, if you know you deserve better, don't settle. But when she gets there, she finds the beast on the floor unconscious. Bringing him round, he reveals that when she didn't return his promise, he resolved to starve himself. Now she has returned, he can die happy, but Beauty says she will marry him and longs for him to live. Okay, if something like this happens, I know that it sucks to get your heart broken. It really does. But, you know, better things are going to happen. And, you know, you don't deserve to treat yourself like that. Because you're going to have so many good things happen in your life. No sooner has Beauty said this than the beast disappears and is replaced by a handsome young prince who tells her that an evil fairy cast a spell over him, transforming him into a hideous creature. He would only be freed from the spell when a young woman agreed to marry him. Beauty has freed him from the wicked spell. A beautiful fairy appears and uses magic to transport Beauty's father and her sisters to the palace. The fairy turns Beauty's two older sisters into statues so that they must forever look on their younger sister's happiness. This is the punishment for their malice. Beauty and Prince, formerly known as Beast, get married and live happily ever after. A lot of these, like, dark stories do have happy endings, but in the most bizarre way. <laughs> okay, next up, another classic, Rapunzel. Um, I think another reason I wanted to do fairy tales is I'm a party princess. That's one of my two jobs. Well, one of my three jobs, technically. Um, I dress up as princesses and I go to kids' birthday parties and different events and it's a lot of fun. And Rapunzel's one of my favorite characters to play. So, anyways, I knew I had to do Rapunzel in this. But it's definitely a very different story than what we've seen. So, anyways, this, here's the story of Rapunzel. Once upon a time, a young married couple waited for their child to be born. They lived in a beautiful house near a garden in which all sorts of fruit and vegetables grew. The woman often watched the garden through the window in a desire taste of rampion. Rampion's like a, a kind of like plant thing. Um, and technically it's called a Rapunzel plant in some places. So that's kind of where the name comes, comes from, Rapunzel. Sometimes she would tell her husband that he doesn't know what it's like to be pregnant. And she asked him to go and get her some of the rampions. The owner of the garden was an evil witch. So he didn't dare ask her for some. He didn't want to confront her, so he decided to steal some rampion, but as soon as he stepped into the garden, he heard a noise. The witch yelled at him and asked him how dare he steals from her garden. He fell down on his knees and asked him to spare him because he just wanted some rampions for his wife. The witch was so evil that she told him he will get the rampion only if he gives her her firstborn child or she will return him into a pig. The husband felt he didn't have a choice, so he agreed. Oh my gosh. This is like Rumpelstiltskin. The woman gave birth to a little girl and the witch took her away. 
I wonder what the wife's reaction was was to this. She named her Rapunzel. The days passed by and Rapunzel became a long, blonde-haired beauty. Nobody knew what happened to her because the witch had locked her away in a tower. Nobody could hear... Nobody could reach the top room where Rapunzel was because there were no stairs. There was only a small window at the top of the tower and the beautiful girl would appear on it now and then. The witch would call her every day to let down her hair and she would climb to her. Time had passed and Rapunzel only knew about the witch. She never saw anybody else. Since she loved to sing, a prince that passed through the words heard her. He hid in the bushes nearby and enjoyed her singing until the witch called her to let down her hair. The prince thought he could do the same thing, so he called Rapunzel to let down her hair. He climbed up to her room and Rapunzel saw him, she got scared. Until then, she only knew the witch, and now she saw a beautiful prince. She calmed down and he explained to her she shouldn't be frightened, and they fell in love. They saw each other secretly because they didn't want the witch to know about them. She still came to Rapunzel's every day, but she didn't notice anything strange. One morning, Rapunzel accidentally told her she is much heavier than the prince and that it's harder to pull her up. (laughs) That's really funny. Uh, The witch was furious and she started yelling at Rapunzel. She told her she was an ungrateful brat and reprimanded her that after everything she did for her, this was how she paid her back. The witch grabbed her by the hair and cut it off. The long hair was lying on the floor and Rapunzel was sentenced to a lifetime of loneliness and misery in the tower. Rapunzel- Hasn't she already been doing that already? Rapunzel was the loneliest person alive. The witch didn't only get her revenge with Rapunzel, she also decided to attack the prince. She waited for him to call for Rapunzel to let her hair down and then she threw the cut off hair and he started climbing. That's really similar to the movie Tangled. When he came up the high tower, the evil witch was looking at him. He saw her and got scared because of her ugliness. Ooh. She let go of the hair and he fell into the thorny bushes and became blind. Sad and miserable. That's a lot like, um, Into the Woods. I am going to admit I've never seen the movie. I'm sorry. But I've seen the play and I know that a lot of those, a lot of these stories were adapted for that. So... Anyways, he searched for his Rapunzel from city to city, village to village, but she was nowhere to be found. He fed on berries and drank the water from the rivers. His misery was growing by the day as he pictured his beautiful Rapunzel and his and her voice. He wondered for years when he came to a forest where he sat under a tree and cried. His Rapunzel used to live there before, and since he was exhausted, he thought it would be best to give up the search. As soon as that thought crossed his mind, he heard a well-known voice. It was Rapunzel. He gathered the last atoms in his strength and moved towards that beautiful voice. He held on to the fir trees, stumbled, and stuck in the bushes while he was calling for his Rapunzel. He managed to come to her, and as soon as she spotted him, she ran to his arms. It was true love. Rapunzel started crying, and her tears held his eyes. They went to his castle where they got married and had many kids. They loved each other and lived happily ever after. And the witch? Well, who cares about her when the newlyweds were so happy? <laughs> That's literally what it says at the end. (laughs) Now, another ending that I read was pretty much the same thing, but that when he found Rapunzel, he also found his twins with her. So, when he was going up to the tower every day, they were doing more than just chatting because she had twins. So, you know, yeah, there's, there's that other ending as well. All right, I have two more stories for you guys. Um, the next one, 
I was really excited when I found it because I didn't know that it was based off a story. Now, I know most of us have seen the movie 12 Dancing Princesses, the Barbie movie, and how we all agree it's one of the best Barbie movies of all time besides Princess and the Popper, obviously. But I discovered that it's actually originally like a dark story. Like it was a lot darker originally. So, you know, I found the story and I'm going to read it to you guys because I was really excited when I found it. Anyways, here we go. Alrighty, so this, I'm going to summarize just the beginning a little bit. So it starts out with the 12 princesses. They all sleep in the same room together and they go somewhere at night and they wake up and their shoes are all worn out, but nobody knows how or why it happened. The king wanted to figure out where they were going every single night that were getting their shoes so worn out. So he decided he was going to have people come over and see if they could discover the secret. And whoever could discover the secret, they were going to choose one of the daughters and have them be their wife. But they were only going to have three days and nights. And after that, if they didn't succeed, they would be put to death. A king's son soon came and he was entertained in the evening and then he was taken somewhere um, where one of the princesses would lay in their beds. Um, and then he was basically to sit and watch to see where they would go and dance. For that, the door of his chamber was left open, but the king's son soon fell asleep, and when he awoke in the morning, he found that the princesses had all been dancing because the soles of their shoes were all full of holes. And then the same thing happened the second and third night, and so the king ordered his head to be cut off. And then many other people came, and then they tried, but it was the same thing, and so they all died. They all got their heads cut off. Now, an old soldier came, and he had been wounded in a battle, and he couldn't fight anymore. He passed through the country where the king was, and he was traveling through a wood. He met an older woman who asked him where he was going, and he said, I hardly know where I'm going or what I had better do, said the soldier, but I think I would like to find out where the princesses dance, and then I might be a king. Well, said the old woman, that is not a very hard task. Only take not to drink any of the wine which one of the princesses will bring to you in the evening. And as soon as she leaves you, pretend to be fast asleep. Then she gave him a cloak and said, As soon as you put on, you will become invisible. Invisibility cloak. And you then will be able to follow the princesses wherever they will go. When the soldier heard all this good advice, he was determined to try his luck. So he went to the king and said he was willing to undertake the task. He was well received as the others had been, and the king ordered fine royal robes to be given him. And when the evening came, he was led to the outer chamber. Just as he was going to lie down, the oldest of the princesses brought him a cup of wine, but the soldiers threw it away secretly, taking care not to drink a drop. Then he laid himself down on his bed, and in a little while began to snore very loudly as if he was fast asleep. When the twelve princesses heard this, they laughed, and the oldest said, This fellow might have done a wiser thing than to lose his life in this way. Then they rose and opened their drawers and, box and boxes, and took out all their fine clothes and dresses, and fixed themselves in the mirror, and skipped about as if they were eager to begin dancing. But the youngest said, I don't know why, but while you are happy, I feel very uneasy. I'm sure some mischance will befall us. You fool, said the oldest, you always are afraid. Have you forgotten how many king's sons have already watched in vain? And as for the soldier, even if I had not given him his sleeping draught, he would, he would slept soundly enough. 
When they were all ready, they went and looked at the soldier, but he snored on and did not stir hand or foot, so they thought they were quite safe. Then the oldest went up to her own bed and clapped her hands, and the bed sank into the floor and a trap door flew open. That's definitely different from the Barbie movie. The soldier then saw them going down through the trap door, one after the other. The oldest leading the way, and thinking he had no time to lose, he jumped up, put on the cloak which the old woman had given him, and followed them. However, in the middle of the stairs, he trod on the gown of the youngest princess, and she cried out on the stairs, "'All is not right. Someone took a hold of my gown.' "'You silly creature,' said the oldest. "'It is nothing but a nail in the wall.' Down they all went, and at the bottom they found themselves in a most delightful grove of trees, and the leaves were all of silver and glittered and sparkled beautifully. The soldier wished to take away some token of the place, so he broke off a little branch, and there came a loud noise from the tree. Then the youngest daughter said again, "'I'm sure all is not right. Didn't you hear that noise? That never happened before.' But the oldest said, "'It is only our princes who are shouting for joy at our, at our approach.'" They all, they all went, they all went on until they came to a great lake, and at the side of the lake there lay twelve boats with twelve handsome princes in them, who seemed to be waiting there for the princesses. One of the princesses went into each boat, and the soldier stepped into the same boat as the youngest. As they were rowing over the lake, the prince who was in the boat with the youngest princess and the soldier said, I do not know why, but though I am rowing with all my might, we do not get on as fast as usual, and I am quite tired. The boat seems very heavy today. It is only the heat of the weather, said the princess. I am very warm too. On the other side of the lake stood a fine illuminated castle from which came the merry music of horns and trumpets. There they all landed and went into the castle, and each prince danced with his princesses. And the soldier, who was still invisible, danced with them too. When any of the princesses had a cup of wine set by her, he drank it all up, so that when she put the cup to her mouth, it was empty. At this, too, the youngest sister was terribly frightened, but the oldest always silenced her. They danced on till three o'clock in the morning, and then all their shoes were worn out, so that they were obliged to leave. The princes rowed them back over to the lake, but this time the soldier placed himself in the boat with the oldest princess. And then on the opposite shore, they promised the princesses to come back the next night. When they came to the stairs, the soldier ran on before the princesses and laid himself down, and as the twelve tired sisters slowly came up, they heard him snoring in his bed and said, Now all is quite safe. Then they undressed themselves, put away their fine clothes, pulled off their shoes, and went to bed. In the morning, the soldier said nothing about what happened, but was determined to see more of the strange adventure, and went on again the second and third nights. Everything happened just as before. The princess danced till their shoes were worn to pieces, and then returned home. On the third night, the soldier carried away one of the golden cups as a token of where he had been. As soon as the time came when he was to declare the secret, he was taken before the king with three branches in the golden cup, and the twelve princesses stood listening behind the door to hear what he would say. The king asked him, Where do my twelve daughters dance at night? The soldier answered, With twelve princes in a castle underground. And then he told the king all that happened, and showed him the three branches and the golden cup which he had brought with him. The king called for the princesses and asked them whether what the soldiers saw was true, and when they saw what was discovered, and that it was of no use to deny what would happen, they confessed it all. So the king asked the soldier which of the princesses he would choose for his wife, and he answered, I am not very young, so I will have the oldest. And they were married that very day, and the soldier was chosen to be the king's heir. The end. It's not dramatically different from the Barbie movie, but there's definitely things that are different, you know? especially with the king cutting heads, cutting people's heads off. That's, that, that, that's a bit dramatic. All right, final story is going to be the most classic in my opinion. It was my favorite growing up, and that is Cinderella. 
I think most people are familiar with kind of the dark side of this one, but you know, I'm gonna go over it anyways. The wife of a rich man fell sick, and she felt that her end was drawing near. She called her only daughter to her bedside and said, Dear child, be good and pious, and then the good God will always protect you, and I will look down on you from heaven and be near you. Every day the maiden went out to her mother's grave and wept. The man had taken another wife. The woman had brought with her into the house two daughters who were beautiful and fair of face, but vile and black of heart. Is the stupid goose sitting in the parlor with us, they said. He who wants to eat bread must earn it. Out with the kitchen wench. They took her pretty clothes away from her, put an old gray bedgown on her, and gave her wooden shoes. She did every chore. Besides this, the sisters did her every imaginable injury. They mocked her and emptied her peas and lentils into the ashes so that she was forced to sit and pick them out again. In the evening, when she had worked till she was weary, she had no bed to go to, but had to sleep by the cinders. And as that on the account, she always looked dusty and dirty. They called her Cinderella. It happened that the father was once going to the fair, and he asked his two stepdaughters what he should bring back for them. Beautiful dresses, said one. Pearls and jewels, said the second. And you, Cinderella, said he, what will you have? Father, break off for me the first branch which knocks against your hat on the way home. He bought beautiful pearls, dresses, and jewels for his two stepdaughters, and on his way home, as he was riding, a hazel twig brushed against him and knocked off his hat. He broke off the branch and then took it back home with him. When he arrived home, he gave the stepsisters the things which they had wished for, and Cinderella the branch from the hazel bush. Cinderella thanked him, went to her mother's grave, and planted the branch on it. She wept so much that the tears fell down on it and watered it, and it grew to become a handsome tree. Three times a day, Cinderella went and sat beneath it. She wept and prayed, and a little white bird always came on the tree, and if Cinderella expressed a wish, the bird threw down to her what she had wished for. It happened, however, that the king gave orders for a festival which was to last three days, and to which all the beautiful young girls in the country were invited, in order that his son might choose himself a bride. When the two stepsisters heard that they two were to appear among the number, they were delighted, called Cinderella, and said, Comb our hair for us, brush our shoes, and fasten our buckles, for we are going to the wedding at the king's palace. Cinderella obeyed, but wept because she too would have liked to go with them to the dance, and begged her stepmother to allow her to do so. You go, Cinderella, she said covered in dust and dirt as you are, and would go to the festival. You have no clothes, shoes, and yet would dance. As, however, Cinderella went on asking, the stepmother said at last, I have emptied a dish of lentils into the ashes for you. If you pick them out again in two hours, you shall go with us. The maiden went through the back door into the garden and called, You tame pigeons, you turtle doves, and all you birds beneath the sky, come and help me to pick the good into the pot, the bad into the crop. Then two white pigeons came in by the kitchen window, and afterwards the turtle doves, and at last all the birds beneath the sky came whirring into the crowd and alighted amongst the ashes. And the pigeons nodded with their heads and began to pick, and the rest began to also pick, and gathered all the good grains into the dish. Not even an hour had passed before they had finished, and all flew out again. Then the girl took the dish to her stepmother, and believed that now she would be allowed to go with them to the festival. But the stepmother said no. You have no clothes and you cannot dance. You would only be laughed at. And as Cinderella wept at this, the stepmother said, If you can pick out two dishes of lentils out of the ashes for me in one hour, you can go with us. She thought to herself that she could not do it again. When the stepmother had emptied the two dishes of lentils amongst the ashes, the maiden went through the back door into the garden and cried, You tame pigeons, you turtle doves, and all you birds beneath the sky. Come and help me to pick the goods into the pot, the bad into the crop. The two white pigeons came into the kitchen window, and afterwards the turtle doves, and at the length of all the birds beneath the sky. 
came whirring and crowding in and alighted amongst the ashes. And the doves nodded with their heads and began to pick, and the others also began to pick, and gathered all the good seeds into the dishes, and before half an hour was over, they had already finished and flew out again. Cinderella was delighted and thought that she could go to the wedding with them, but the stepmother said that it would not help. You can't go with us because you have no clothes and you can't dance, and that they would be ashamed of you. So she turned her back on Cinderella and hurried away with her two daughters. As no one was home now, Cinderella went to her mother's grave beneath the hazel tree and cried, Shiver and quiver, little tree, silver and gold throw down over me. Then the bird threw a gold and silver dress down to her and slippers embroidered with silk and silver. She put on the dress with all speed and went to the wedding. Her stepsisters and stepmother, however, did not know her and thought she must be a foreign princess, for she looked so beautiful in the golden dress. They never once thought of Cinderella and believed that she was sitting at home in the dirt, picking lentils out of the ashes. The prince approached her, took her by the hand, and danced with her. He would dance with no other maiden and never let loose of her hand. And if anyone else came to invite her, he said, This is my partner. My God knew what he wanted. She danced till it was evening, and then she wanted to go home. But the king's son said, I will go with you and bear you company, for he wished to see you to whom the beautiful maiden belonged to. She escaped from him, however, and sprang into the pigeon house. The king's son waited until her father came, and then he told him that the unknown maiden had leapt into the pigeon's house. The old man thought, can it be Cinderella? Okay, really quickly, where the heck has the father been in literally all of this? Cinderella's been getting, like, tortured and, like, starved and treated like actual crap. Has the father just been like, yeah, this is okay. Like, what? what is, what's his thought process? Is, where's he been this entire time? Okay, anyways, continuing. They brought an axe and a pickaxe so that they might tear the pigeon house to pieces, but no one was inside. And when they got home, Cinderella lay in her dirty clothes amongst the ashes, and a dim oil lamp was burning on the mantelpiece. For Cinderella had jumped quickly down from the back of the pigeon house and had run to the little hazel tree, and there she had taken off her beautiful clothes and laid them on the grave, and the bird had taken them away. And then she had seated herself in the kitchen amongst the ashes in her gray gown. I would love to see a version of Cinderella in a gold gown. That would be so cool. Next day, when the festival began afresh and her parents and the stepsisters had gone once more, Cinderella went to the hazel tree and said, Shiver and quiver my little tree, silver and gold throw down over me. Then the bird threw down a much more beautiful dress than the one on the preceding day. And when Cinderella appeared at the wedding in this dress, everyone was astonished at her beauty. The king's son had waited until she came and instantly took her by the hand and danced with no one but her. When other came and invited her, he said, This is my partner. When evening said she wished to leave, and the king's son followed her and wanted to see which house she went to, but she sprang away from him and ran into the garden behind the house. Therein stood a beautiful tall tree which hung the most magnificent pears. She clambered so nimbly between the branches like a squirrel that the king's son did not know where she was gone. He waited until her father came and said to him, The unknown maiden has escaped from me, and I believe she has climbed up a pear tree. The father thought, can it be Cinderella? You know what? I don't think we care what the father thinks at this point because he's he's not showing up until now, so I don't think we really care what he thinks. He brought an axe and cut down the tree, but no one was in it. I don't think you really needed to cut down a tree for that, but okay. And when they got into the kitchen, Cinderella lay there among the ashes, as usual, for she had jumped down the other side of the tree, had taken the beautiful dress to the bird on the little hazel tree, and put on a gray gown. On the third day, when the parents and sisters had gone away, Cinderella went once more to her mother's grave, said her little spiel again, and then once more the birds threw down a dress which was more splendid and magnificent than any she had seen yet, and the slippers were golden. 
She went to the festival in a dress, and no one knew how to speak for astonishment. The king's son danced with her only, and if anyone invited her to dance, he said, this is my partner. When evening came, Cinderella wished to leave, and the king's son was so anxious to go with her, but she escaped from him so quickly that he could not follow her. Sis is fast. (laughs) The king's son, however, had employed a ruse, and had caused the whole staircase to be smeared with pitch. I don't know what pitch is. Okay, um... One, one second, we're gonna look up what, what pitch is. Okay, I, I couldn't find, like, an exact definition, but I think it's just, like, when something's, like, at a downward angle, so almost as if, like, the stairs were to have been smoothed out, so it kind of would have been more of, like, a slide. I don't know. I don't really know. I couldn't really find a definition, so if anyone has more of a better, has a better definition, please let me know, because I'm very curious. Anyways, He had the whole staircase to be smeared with pitch, and there when she ran down, had the maiden slipper remain stuck. Okay, now I'm a little more confused as to why. Okay, I don't think that was what the definition of pitch was. Okay, even more confused now, but it's okay. The king's son picked it up, and it was small and dainty and all golden. Next morning, he went with it to the father and said to him, No one shall be my wife, but, but she whose foot this golden slipper fits. Then were the two sisters glad, for they had pretty feet. The eldest went with the shoe into her room and wanted to try it on, and her mother stood by, but she couldn't get her big toe into it, and the shoe was too small for her. Then her mother gave her a big knife and said, cut the toe off. You know, doesn't fit, just cut the toe off, that's logical. When you're king, you will no more need to be on foot. I think you still might need to be on foot when you're queen, but okay. The maiden cut the toe off, forced the foot into the shoe, swallowed the pain, and went out to the king's son. I don't think he'd be able to walk after that. Then he took her on his horse as his bride and rode away with her. They were obliged, however, to pass the grave, and there on the hazel tree sat the two pigeons and cried, Turn and peep, turn and peep, there's blood within the shoe. The shoe it is too small for her, the true bride waits for you. Then he looked at her foot and saw how the blood was trickling from it. I think the blood is going to be more than trickling from it if she just cut off her toe. Anyways, he turned his horse round and took the false bride home again, and said that she was not the true one, and that the other sister was to put on the shoe. Then this one went to her chamber, and got her toe safely into the shoe, but her heel was too large. So her mother gave her a knife, and said, cut off a bit of your heel. When you are queen, you will need no more to go on foot. Goodness, this mother. The maiden cut a bit off of her heel, forced her foot into the shoe, swallowed the pain, and went out to the king's son. I feel like there would even be more blood on this case. Ugh. He took her on his horse as a bride and rode away with her, but when they passed by the hazel tree, the two pigeons sat on it and cried, Turn and peep, turn and peep, there's blood within the shoe. The shoe is too small for her, the true bride waits for you. He looked down on her foot and saw how the blood was running out of her shoe, probably pouring out at this point, and how it stained her white stocking quiltered. Then he turned his horse and took the false bride home again. This also is not the right one, said he. Have you no other daughter? No, said the man. There is a little stunted kitchen wrench which my late wife left behind her. But she can... Wait, did the dad say that? <gasps> no, said the man. There is still a little stunted kitchen wrench which my late wife left behind her. <gasps> no. The dad said that. Oh my gosh. Okay, so we hate Cinderella's dad. Wow. Okay, so her dad's just as evil as the mom. I did not see that coming. I mean, well, I guess I kind of did because this entire time he's been doing nothing, but he's, he didn't, he wasn't just sitting doing nothing. He was in this 
oh my gosh okay sorry i'm i was stunned for a second there guys whoa okay continuing no said the man there is still a little stunted kitchen wrench which my late wife left behind her but she cannot possibly be the bride the king's son said he was to send her up to him but the mother answered oh no she's much too dirty she cannot show herself but he absolutely insisted and cinderella had to be called she first washed her hands and face clean, and then went and bowed down before the king's son, who gave her the golden shoe. Then she seated herself on a stool, drew her foot out of her heavy wooden shoe, and put it into the slipper. I would not want to put my foot into that shoe after it being literally covered in blood. Mm, 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 no thank you. And the shoe fitted like a glove. And when she rose up, the king's son looked at her face, and he recognized the beautiful maiden who had danced with him, and cried, That is the true bride. The stepmother and the two sisters were horrified and became pale with rage. Let them. He, however, took Cinderella on his horse and rode away with her. As they passed by the hazel tree, the two turtle doves cried, Turn and peep, turn and peep, no blood in the shoes. The shoe is not too small for her. The true bride rides with you. And when they had cried that, the two came flying down and placed themselves on Cinderella's shoulders, one on the right, the other on the left, and remained sitting there. When the wedding with the king's son was to be celebrated, the two false sisters came and wanted to get into favor with Cinderella and share her good fortune. When the betrothed couple went to church, the elder was at the right side and the younger at the left, and the pigeons pecked out one eye from each of them. Afterwards, as they came back, the elder was at the left and the younger was at the right, and the pigeons pecked out the other eye from each other. And thus, for their wickedness and falsehood, they were punished with blindness for all their days." the end <laughs> okay but where's the punishment for the stepmother and the father where's where's the parents punishment like come on come on grim where the heck where the heck is our punishment anyways that's the tale of cinderella i thought i read most of the story but apparently i didn't because i did not realize that cinderella's dad was also a horrible piece of trash i guess is the nicest way i could put that yeah, I think that's the nicest way that I can say that. Alrighty, so those are all of the stories I'm going to be sharing in this episode. If you guys kind of like the storytelling, you know, episodes, let me know and I can do more of them in the future. If you're not a huge fan of them and you would not like to see more in the future, also let me know. I want all your feedback because I like, like I said earlier, I also want this to be something that you guys enjoy too. You can contact me at callmewhenyougetthere.pod on Instagram or callmewhenyougettherepodcast at gmail.com. Maybe you learn to love some fairy tales more or maybe I ruined your childhood a little bit and I'm really sorry if I did. I think I ruined a little bit of my own childhood reading these stories. So if I ruined your childhood, I'm sorry. But you know, there's other things that we don't have to go into that we can pretend are happy stories, I guess. I don't know. Anyways, that's going to be it for today's episode, guys. If you have any questions, comments, anything like that, like I said before, at callmewhenyougetthere.pod on Instagram or callmewhenyougettherepodcast at gmail.com. I will talk to you guys, not talk to you guys. I don't really talk. I mean, I talk to you guys. You guys don't talk to me. That was okay. That was pointless. I'm going to stop talking now. Anyways, catch you later. (laughs)